One hour left to go here in Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The live stream, gone. But it's downstairs. Had a good run. Steven Specht, just for the just for the final hour of this show. We'll be back for the other remaining eight hours of this week's programming on Tuesday and Wednesday. But because the USA and Wales are currently in a match, that means our live stream downstairs is taking place. And we've already got a free kick, apparently, with Christian Pulisic, it appears, possibly. So, two minutes into the game, it looks like he's got a free kick of the goal. So we'll see how this goes, I guess, immediately. I did place a first goal, uh, first goal score on him, bet, but that went right into someone's legs. So useless. Anyway, when if you want to watch some live stream of the guys uh, side by side, along with your viewing experience today, that would be a great way to do it. Get some commentary from them. Both Speck and Rob are down there. Sam Stevie, both three big soccer fans. And then Nick and I will kick down there at 2 o'clock when this show ends. Provide a little more commentary for you as well as two people who do not. I don't have anything to say. Who do not watch near. Just make fun of people. Like the guys or the players? The players. For flopping. That's a classic one. You know, honestly, Mike, our uh, Ruby had a soccer game on Saturday. And they were playing, you know, same age. And there was it was like an all-boys team. And there was a kid who went down three times and, like, ride around holding his ankle and then just, like, popped back up. I'm like, what? You're starting this now? You're six. You don't have to. Yeah, you emulate, you emulate the players that you want to be like. You don't have to already start doing this. You want to be great or not? So what? You got a flop at six? There are no foul calls, Nick. I saw one of our kids shoved a kid to the ground from the back. They didn't stop play. Everyone just kept playing soccer. It was fine. Mm. There's six. There's no red cards. Although that would be hilarious if there were. Because everyone would get tossed out of the game all the time. Except for my kid. Like, that's it. That's the only kid who wouldn't get tossed out of the game. Yeah, she'd be the last one standing, and then she'd clean up. (laughs) Just her on on the pitch by herself. Like, all right, Ruby. Go score. It's a kickoff. It's all yours. She wasn't paying attention, Nick, in the game. Um, well, she's guilty. Yeah, of this seems to be like a reoccurring theme. It's not all the time, but she was she was having a very, like, chasing butterflies moment for an uh-huh. indoor soccer game. And she was, like, running down the field because she knew she was supposed to go up because of where the kickoff was going. So she was actually doing kind of what she was supposed to, but she was going too far up. And one of the girls kicked a ball that got through. And if she had just turned around, it was the most gimme goal ever. And we yelled Ruby, and then she kind of slightly turned, and then it hit off the back of her leg and still missed. And I was like, that's a shame. So, almost. One of these days. She has several goals to her her credit, just less in the indoor soccer portion of this. We got an hour left, as we had previously mentioned, and there's been an NFL storyline that's been dominating to the point that Pretty much every major NFL star has now addressed it, and that is grass versus turf. And I understand that injuries can occur on both. The Chiefs lost both McDuffie and Harrison Butker in the first game of the year on a grass field. A poorly maintained grass field, but a grass field. But the turf thing is real, man. Did you see how bad that field is? The Rams and Chargers have more than 30 players combined on the injured reserve this list. 
And as much as I like to dunk on the fact that the Chargers are still employing a doctor that once stuck a needle in the lung of their starting quarterback. Yeah, but he's been really good since then. Yeah, you know what? You know, I've heard. I've actually. I was. I was just actually doing some digging on this. They said that since that incident, that tr- that terrible incident with Tyrod Taylor, he actually has stuck zero needles in players' lungs since then. Wow, good for him. Yes, yeah, so, really I mean, improved. He, he's bounced back in a big way. Like their medical staff stinks, and they should probably replace him. But it's not this bad. They lost three more players in the game. The Chiefs lost three players in the game. It's not an accident. This is a problem now for the NFL. The difference is I don't think they're going to do anything about it, Nick, because if players really wanted something to be done about it, a certain kind of turf or all grass, then you would have had to bring it up in collective bargaining, which you've already missed the window, and you wouldn't have, br- you wouldn't have won that battle. You know why? Nick, if you're having a big, large-scale negotiation, you're the players between... What's the first thing you give up in conversations? The field playing surface. Like, hey, the we, last thing you care yeah, about. Like, hey, we want more money. We want... Um, Bigger you know, guaranteed contracts. Bigger, we want... Yeah, but player safety. Yeah, we it's don't like, want concussions anymore. It's like, yeah, okay, what about the fields? Do you still want us to, to, to get rid of the fields? And they'll say, well... I mean, if it's between that and more money, I guess we'll take the more money part. And also, when do the players' associations in any league ever, like, really get their way against the league? Never. Because, they just lose. Because the concessions that they're willing to make to get the stuff that they actually care about, and the NFL knows it. The NFL knows that, like, hey, we're never going to change this because ultimately there are things that you want more and that you'll always want more, and this will never be the number one well, thing. Well, the problem is, is that the turf exists for two reasons. One, weather, right? You play in cold weather. You play in an indoor stadium. So you need turf. Okay, makes sense. Not everyone's going to build the giant rotating grass field thing that Arizona did. And again, that's still not working for them. Or the other reason you do it, which is you want to hold events at your stadium, Nick. These things, it's, it's bigger money now. You know, like it just is. More things can mess with the turf. More things can make it a challenge. More things can displace it. You're holding Adele concerts. You're Arrowhead, right? You're holding the Taylor Swift and Billy Joel next year, right? Like, when you have more things in your building, it presents quality control issues. And if you're thinking, well, that's not fair. We want to play on this field that's only for us. Tough. Because these are billion-dollar projects now. Like, when they built Lambeau, they only built it to play that, Nick. They didn't build it to do anything else. And for the occasional time, they might put a college football game in Arrowhead. The one, right? It's like, oh, big deal. Well, the next stadium that the Royals built or the next stadium that the Chiefs built, they're going to want these same things. Not necessarily, they're still going to want grass field, but it will be harder to maintain it because of the amount of things that go on it. Just like anything else. You know what Wimbledon, when they get to the end of the tournament, it looks all like dead grass at the end? That's why. Turns out, no matter the field conditions, the more you use them, the harder it is to make sure they look nice. Are you willing to say that you think that the injuries that the Chiefs sustained yesterday were due to field conditions? I think they were, yes. Andy said the first time he was willing to admit that, and the Chargers have been losing people every day. How could it not be? All Mike Williams did was land normal, man. That didn't look spectacular. He toe-tapped a catch on the sideline, and he was out for the game. And I know he's already hurt going into it, which probably speaks to their field conditions to begin with. Honestly, just get out of any of these weird condition field games and hope that nobody gets hurt. We know the NFL's been having a problem with it because they've moved games. The Chiefs had to move that Mexico City game because of it. 
How many, how, what's the percent? Do, do more teams have turf than grass? Um, that I don't like, would you be asking a majority of the owners? Well, not the owners. This, yeah, this, I mean, the stadiums. All right, I'm looking it up now. 16 have real grass, 14 have turf. It's a split. How many more turf games will the Chiefs, what, what are the remaining road games? The Chiefs play three consecutive road games. One of them is in Denver. Uh, oh. That would be grass. One of them is in Cincinnati. I believe they're that grass. That would be, no, that's turf. Oh, they're turf? God. And then what's the final road game? Raiders. That's got to be turf. <laughs> right? I mean, any of the new stuff, yeah. That no, that's Bermuda Bermuda grass. So, should the Chiefs sit everybody in Cincinnati and just move on with their day? Yeah, just take. Turns out take that the game loss. might be important for the number one seed, though, Nick. Yeah. Well, what if they just win every other game? It'll probably be fine. Probably, honestly, I think they probably win the one seed. If the they Chiefs, yeah. So the way. Chiefs should just commit to winning all the other games and then rest everyone versus the Bengals. Can't risk it. I don't like. I don't like this strategy. And then you know, get the one seed. Be playing on grass every single game during the postseason. Where's the Super Bowl this year? Arizona. Grass. Yeah, bad, bad grass. Bad, bad grass. Bad grass. But let's remember grass. what happened there. Let's not just quickly, you know, shove that away after we mentioned it as a glaring example at the beginning part of the show. It just felt like this was the second time now in ten games. The field conditions have become a conversation and are a conversation for the Chiefs. I'm just, I'm, there's nothing that's going to happen about the turf versus the grass. Like, we can have the conversations about what should happen, but, like, I, I don't know. It just feels like wasted energy because nothing's ever going to change. I'm more so just, like, can we stop having receivers get injured? Because so far they've been able to sort of get past it, but... I don't know how many more guys you can afford to lose before it does start impacting you on a significant level. No, the Chiefs are officially at the, I would call the injury breaking point. You might be able to, for a few weeks, survive based on the number of injuries you currently have on your team. Might. And it might still cost you a game. But if you suffer one or two more, then it's a problem. Like, you are one of the more injured teams in the NFL. Fortunately for them, their three best players aren't hurt. Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones. Their three most important players aren't hurt. Maybe four if you go Nick Bolton, right? Like the guys they really, really need to play are currently on the field. So that is going to make a noticeable difference. It's a Monday, though, Nick, so let's get to a little audio fun bag from okay. over the weekend. This is normally the time you would play a little circus music or we'd have some fun. It's right, it's right there, man. We can start with the Chiefs since uh, we're already talking about them. You mentioned him earlier. Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Meeting his hero, Patrick Mahomes, for the first time, had this to say about the interaction with Aaron Lett over at 41 Action News. What do I think? I think that I just met one of my heroes. I think that he was so genuine. I think that he is exactly the same in life as he lives with the intensity on the field. That's what I think. How about that? Glowing endorsement. Is he now our favorite celebrity fan for the Ooh. Chiefs? Eric Stone Street feels like it's kind of run its course. Whoa, what do you, do you mean? Whoa, what do well, you mean I, mean, I just meant like, we get it. He's a fan of them. Like, we don't, I don't need like new information on that. We know about David Koechner or some of the other guys. Or no, Paul Rudd. It's, no, 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 no. You're, all you're asking is if he has surpassed Paul Rudd. And the answer is no. Is he second? 
He might. I mean, I, I mean, Stone Street. I think fa- he's the bigger fan. I think. I think Stone Street might be the biggest of the bunch. Like he follows that team to. The, I like Stone Street and Rudd can probably like pretty accurately like run through the depth chart. You know what I yes. mean? It's not just surface level stuff with those two. Winkler's not that, but I don't need Winkler too. He's like the fun grandpa of the team. I don't need him to be able to to go through the two deep and tell me like what happens if Andrew Wiley goes down with an injury. No, I don't want that. I don't want I just that either. To be the lovable old guy. The fan. lovable old man who's got like stars in his eyes when he sees Patrick Mahomes because that's what it looks like. Even though he's been famous for like 50 years. Yeah. He's uh, been famous well, for so long. A lot of iconic roles, man. Fonz, Waterboy, Coach Klein. Uh, An Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Barry uh, Zuckercorn. He play, what's the name of the professor he plays in Barry? Gene Cousineau. Yeah, uh, uh, Professor Cousineau. Yeah. Fantastic show, by the way. Barry's great. And he's great in that show. A little dark. I got, I got a little, it got a little too dark for me in season three. A little too dark? Too serious? A little too much for me in season three. Huh. That episode of, not to fully spoil it. Well, you're about to spoil it. I know. No, no, no. I'm just going to say the episode in season two, when he is attacked by that child, is maybe the hardest I've laughed at a single TV episode, Mm -hmm. maybe ever. So what happened? Some of it was just so unexpected. So how did, what was the beginning of all this? This was the Rich Eisen show, right? Where Henry Winkler went on the Rich yeah. Eisen show. And then it, what, what was the question? Did he just ask him, like, who your favorite athlete is? And yeah, then and he, he said started, Mahomes. He just started gushing about Mahomes. Like, I would love to meet him someday. And I think Rich Eisen is the one who, like, got them linked up, right? Because then he had Patrick Mahomes yeah. on. He was like, hey. And then Mahomes was like, we got to get him out to a game. L.A., a logical place. Boom. Second up, since we're watching the World Cup right now, the U.S. currently in action at nil-nil against Wales 15 minutes into it. Ecuador fans were a little mad about Cutter's decision. Why do you, have to say, the- why do you have to say nil-nil? Just say 0-0. Zero, zero. Okay, well, I don't know. I was just trying to like use some of the nomenclature. I don't want you to. <laughs> just speak how you would speak. Don't, don't try to, you know, fit in. But, I mean, they, they say You and nil. I had a big conversation about this after the show uh, last week. It's not okay that, that, like, the Salt Lake team calls themselves Real Salt Lake. We need to know who we are. We are American. We don't do the nil-nil. So we say zero. We say zero. Well, it's tied at zero. Okay. So just know that in the current game. Just don't be but, fraud. You know what I mean? But if you missed the news, Cutter changed their beer policy right before the World Cup. They were going to allow beer sales in the stadium, then went back on that, and it changed their mind so there weren't going to be any avail- available. Ecuador who was in the first game against Cutter started chanting this in the middle of their match. And if you, I know it can be a little hard to hear, but they're going, we want beer. We want beer, which I applaud them for, honestly. Also, I applaud them as well, but also uh, if you are somebody who you know, enjoys to party. Could you have picked the worst country to go to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But your team's in the World Cup, man. You want to see your team play in the World Cup. Wait four more years. And just come to the U.S. instead? Maybe they want to go to both. Would you go to Qatar? For a World Cup game? No, just wait the four years. It's coming to the U.S. anyway. What if it was free? What if somebody gave you free plane ticket? I guess. Oh, I don't know. Well, 50-50. I don't know if I want to go there. 
Yeah, and I and I get it. It's like, well, don't be stereotypical about about like uh, that. Seems to be a country that actually is fairly dangerous. And like, I yeah. don't. I'm not. I going, would be concerned for my safety. I'm and not my wife going anywhere where like I don't have assurances that I'm coming home. I don't like the idea that I could end up in like a hard labor camp just for being there. I don't. Yeah. I don't want. I don't really want to risk that. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it the? Is it the hard labor? You just don't want to do the hard labor. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever it is, I'm not interested. Yeah, because we know how you handle labor currently, which is you okay. you undercut you know, the neighborhood kids to come mow your lawn for like three dollars. Not, I offered a generous sum to somebody. That's once. not what it sounded like. <laughs> it's not what it sounded like. That's not how you took it, huh? No. Okay. We had talked earlier a little bit about the Jets game. Vinny Pasquantino will join us on the show tomorrow as he is back from Italy. I am to understand. Robert Sala uh, did not seem to have the same thoughts on the offensive troubles as Zach Wilson did. He was asked about how the offensive performed. You'll hear the question here and his uh, quick response. Especially the offense. Seven, when you talk about the second half, especially the offense, seven possessions, only two total yards. Um, yeah, it was dog. How do you feel about that? Dog what? Poop. But he didn't say poop, did he? No, he did not. Well. It's tough. To, I'll points. tell you what. It's tough to, tough argue, to argue with his assessment. Three points, uh, seventy-seven yards passing. I think Robert Sala, who is a defensive coach and has built a very impressive defense in just two years' time in New York, I think he seems to be well aware of the shortcomings that he's currently dealing with at quarterback. Seems like the whole team's picking up on that, right? Oh. Like they're all starting to figure that out. Not that they didn't know, but uh, if you have a good, if know. you have a defense as good as they have, like this is not just a, a franchise that's floundering. They've won six games this year. I actually think it makes it easier to move on from the quarterback, even though you took him second overall last year, because of the fact that it's not like you have nothing going for you. If I'm Robert Sala, I'm thinking if we just had a competent quarterback, Garrett Wilson, the good defense, everything. Yeah. Quinn and Williams has been a He's absolute great. force for that defensive line. So if you had a decent quarterback, you'd have what eight wins. You would be, a, I don't know if you'd be a legit contender in the AFC, but you'd have a chance to win the AFC East right but at now. At this point, they're six and four, and it's like I fully expect the wheels to fall off and for them to not make the playoffs. Yeah, I expect them to finish with seven or eight wins now. So I think it makes it easier for him to say, "Hey, I'm a defensive coach. Look what I've done with the defense. Can you just give me a quarterback who is not the worst in the NFL, which is what Zach Wilson might be?" It's what Zach Wilson. Is he's the worst current starter in the NFL? PJ Walker, I don't know, Baker might have held that title before, but it was at least that for now. Last but not least, Nick, you're a big college football fan. The SEC Network has their own halftime show. Things got just a little bit tense. Uh, 45 20. By the way, did you not get the memo on the suits? We all went dark today. You were, you're like Easter service. Y'all kind of leave me off. As long as I get the text from my wife that says I look good. Oh, really? Right, so send me the text, babe. Send me the text. <laughs> it's not the one she sent me. They go to break. To Farm Ridge halftime report. Uh, just you and I here, Tiki. I'm not sure what happened to uh, Peter Burns, or did you uh, did you have him keep your wife's name out of his mouth? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how Peter Burns is uh, with that smart mouth in the second <laughs> half. But uh, Gators do not get much going in the. So it was a four-man studio show. Tequila Spikes, Benjamin Watson, the guy who made the joke, uh, Peter Burns, and then whoever the studio host was. They go to break, and uh, Benjamin Watson, the guy who was talking about getting the text from his wife, uh, 
he and Peter Burns, the guy who made the joke, were not present. And Benjamin Watson comes back, and he's doing that Fixing thing. Fixing his clothes. He, you know, he's, like, readjusting his suit as if, like, I may have just had to take the jacket off to take care of some business. Do you think he took care of some business? Well, if he wanted to, he certainly could have. But the question is, would Benjamin Watson have on live television went off the air just to whoop that guy's ass? And uh, my thought is maybe I'm thinking he might have. <laughs> I'm thinking he might have because he looks ju- pretty deadly serious. And when you're on live national television, you start making a that's not the text your wife sent me jokes to a man six inches taller but than Cody, you. I know 40 you, pounds on you. Cody, I know you well, and I wouldn't make that joke about your wife. Like I wouldn't. That's kind of crossing the line, right? Yes. If it's like the only like even like my best friends from high school. Guys I've known forever, whose wives I've known forever. I don't think I would make that joke. It's like the one joke you can't make, right? Like, that's, that's it? That's not, the, yeah, like basically saying your wife wants to sleep with me. Or already is. Or is already sending me things that suggest she wants to sleep yeah, with me. Yeah, I don't know. Or man. she's telling me you're ugly. The best case scenario is she's sending me separate texts that are just like, he's, he's ugly. I hate his suits. <laughs> that's, that would be like the most generous interpretation of that comment. That's clearly not what he was joking about. Yeah. He was clearly joking about sex and that his wife was interested in it with him. And then only three people came Once back. again, sexualizing the show. Me? What? Because the, the, what, the first earlier thing when I said the stuff about licking? Yeah, you said that you need, we need to talk about things that we can and can't lick. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was appropriate. And tomorrow I, I'm hoping for a definitive list of things that you can and cannot lick. Like, like a power well, ranking me, no, one yeah, through five? Yeah, just give me Bottom all the five things you can't. Yeah. Top five things you can. Yeah. Can you can you get that for me for tomorrow? <laughs> Come on. No, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'll do it then. Fine. You can do it for next notable notes tomorrow. Perfect. Does that seem fitting for you? I got you. You can make that list then. That is the audio fun bag here on a victory Monday. Let's get back to the Chiefs. When we come back, Patrick Mahomes won it last night. I think we all know it. Listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Final 30 minutes here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Not currently on the live stream. Nick, are we going to pop down? You want to go talk some soccer? I don't really have anything to say, but we can pop in. You know how I'm, you know how I feel about pop-ins. What do you, what do you, what do you, uh, oh wait, how do you feel about pop-ins? Pro, anti, what? I'm a big pop-in guy. Oh, big- but I, I like, I'm a bigger pop-out guy though. You like the Irish exit? I, I think. I don't know if there's anybody on the planet better at the Irish exit than me. No, mine is always awkward. I'm not nearly as good. Although I did do it at the baseball game relatively successfully, but that's just that one time. Most of the time, I make it uncomfortable. Like on Friday night, I hosted that event for the people over at Kelly's, and it, it got to the point of the night that I, you know, like uh, my kids are kind of sick, and my dad was watching, and I was like, okay, I got to, like, I got to dip. There's like 35 minutes left in this event. Pete Sweeney was suggesting we get shots. And I'm like, I, I got to go. 
This is it. Hey, who's the who's the who's the home team in this USA versus Wales game? What do you mean who's the home team? Like I'm trying to bet on them and it just says home tie away. I don't know. Well, what what do you mean? I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't realize home team refers to the team listed first. That would be USA. There you go. I think I'm going to hammer Wales plus three forty. Under I don't know. Like I'm I'm watching the same game as you. Yeah, well, I just don't get soccer. I just watch it and uh, try to enjoy it. I like how you say try as if it's tough for you. Well, no, it depends. Like, World Cup, actually, I do find quite enjoyable. Like, I actually think that that's one of the more entertaining. Like, that's the time in which I enjoy it the most. Obviously, I don't watch a lot of EuroLeague soccer, and if I did, I think I would feel a little bit different. It does appear that um, the U.S., based on what I've seen, Nick, is getting more shots on the goal. But Wales was the underdog going into the game, and you would think, I don't know, would possibly, I mean, maintaining a plus 340 edge, you got to feel good about it. Is that for the win or the, the tie? Or draw, as they call it. That would be for the win, the money line. Okay. Well, good luck on your bet. Thank you. Best of luck. We'll be down on the live stream. We'll go join those guys here in just a minute. But while we still got you, let's talk a little Chiefs. Because last night, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. It's dead. It's over. And I know that I've become the guy on this show that says big declarative things, and it seems like I'm being over the top. But name the last time I was wrong on it, Nick. Go ahead. I dare you. I said the division was over after week two. It is. I told you that Travis Kelsey will never age. He hasn't. And now I'm telling you Patrick Mahomes has won the 2022 NFL MVP award, so and he the, won it last night. Just so I'm understanding you correctly, you are claiming that you have not been wrong in a very, very long time with your sports takes. Um, no, just the big declarative ones, like the really big ones. Okay. Um, well, we're still waiting to see if Tom Brady is officially done. I might be right on that one, too. You might be, but you also might not be because they're going to the playoffs. I'm still, f- I'm still feeling pretty good about that one. Okay. Okay. Well, that's the one I think you might – that I'm going to regret. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey will eventually age, so it'll be a while before I'll get to call you on that. And uh, Years, as man. for Patrick Mahomes with the MVP, you know, it's tough. He is the odds-on favorite, and it's tough for me to imagine a scenario where he falls off because what I do think will happen is Josh Allen's going to get himself back into the sure. picture. They lost, still they the lost two straight games. He didn't look great. But if you were to tell me that they're going to win a bunch, if they're going to lose one game the rest of the season, he'll get back into the mix. The problem is it's not about who, if Josh Allen can get back in, it's do you envision a scenario where Mahomes has a bad stretch of football, throws has a couple of games where maybe he throws two interceptions, the Chiefs lose a couple of games, all of a sudden they're not the one seed. You would need a lot to happen. And the way they're playing right now, it's tough for me to, to imagine that happening because this is about as locked in as we've seen Mahomes all season long, the past month of football. I mean, even the, even if you point to like some of the turnovers and the interceptions that he's had, we would look back on some of those and say, well, Travis Kelsey had one bounce off his hands. That was an interception. Another one, Sky Moore ran the wrong route. He thought he was cutting up field. He was going more sideline to sideline. And so Mahomes threw it a little bit too deep and that one got picked off. So a lot of these throws, they're not just like you see other teams make bad interceptions or turnovers, it's because, like, what were you thinking there sort of stuff, whereas Mahomes, it's more so just been bad luck. Hope, by the way, you didn't place that bet on Wales because the U.S. just scored. Sure did. (laughs) You said sure. Sure did. Now I can get him at 10 to 1. (laughs) All right, double down, Nick. Oh, yeah, I am. Come on, take your chance. Got to. Got to now. 
And I did your least favorite thing, which is just tweet USA with an exclamation point. I thought about like a Hulk Hogan gif, but I, you know, it's fine. I was, you know, we're in the middle of the show. I figure I'll save my better tweeting for uh, next Monday's game. Not against Wales. Or the the Black Friday game, right? Because that one against, you would feel like that one would be pretty high on my Mm -hmm. list. So the U.S. up one nil or nothing or zero. One to zero, as Nick would prefer we say it. But when you're talking about, like I understand you're saying like, because to me, there's a big difference between saying something statistically is possible and just having the, the balls to say that it's done. Do you know? Like, I understand, Nick, that it's statistically possible that somebody else can win the AFC West. I understand that it's statistically possible that somebody else can win the MVP. But what I'm telling you is it's done. It's over. Because Mahomes is got everything you need to win an MVP, which is... He's going to have the statistical advantage. He's going to lead the NFL in passing yardage and passing touchdowns. Boom. Okay, so he's, he's good there. At the very least, he's going to lead in one. He's got a 300-yard lead on passing yardage in the same number of games as Josh Allen, and he's got a five-touchdown lead on Joe Burrow, who's not in the MVP discussion, which means he's got a six- or seven-touchdown lead on the next closest competitor for that category. Well, the other thing, and then he has the storyline because the storylines matter. That matters. And Tyreek Hill left just as much as the stats do, man. Well, not the storyline as much as the individual moments. I think they both do matter, but it's the moments like you saw last night, leading the team down the field for a for a a game-winning touchdown drive. And he's had how many of those moments this year? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe we should do that. Let's just compile the list of all the late game or even just the like the the flip pass to to uh, Clyde against Tampa Bay for the touchdown. He's had a handful of those this year, and it's tough for me to imagine anybody else in the league having more than, like, one of them. And he's got the stats on top of it, and he's got the storyline. He's got He checks every box. That's it. It's, like, Heisman and MVP work a little bit different, but they work kind of similar. So I know you're familiar. Like, the Heisman moment is the thing that I feel like people pay more attention to than anything, Nick. You can be the fifth highest odds to win the Heisman, you get in a national championship semifinal game and you go for 500 yards and five touchdowns and congratulations, you're the award winner, right? Like you just have that moment in the SEC title game where you stick it to another great team. That's it. You can win it on that. It doesn't usually, it's not that singly, singular moment that typically wins it for, you know, an MVP candidate. But the storyline, that's how coach of the year, because Andy Reid could have an argument for coach of the year and should. He's got the number one record in the AFC. They had massive roster turnover. He also lost Tyreek Hill. And all he's doing is getting Patrick Mahomes to 48 touchdowns. But you know what his biggest thing is? He still has Mahomes. He can't fight that storyline. He still is the single best quarterback in the NFL, which means he can never, he'll probably never win coach of the year again, Nick. He just won't. Because he has Mahomes and everybody knows it. And if you have Mahomes, nobody's going to take it. Let me ask you this. What if they go 15 and 2? Maybe, and win the AFC and have the best record in the NFL. What if they? Yeah. What if they? What if they win the AFC by three games? I think he'd. I think he'd get a vote. I still don't think he'd win. I still think it would go to. Well, I mean, here's the thing that helps you. I guess Kevin O'Connell just got absolutely boat raced, and if the Eagles lose enough, you'll have an argument for your sake because those are the ones that right and Mike McDaniel. Those are the ones that currently stand in your way. But of those three, Nick, everyone's going to think that they had to do more to get where you are. Let's say the Chiefs win 15 games and Miami wins 13. Miami won 13 with Tua. Look at what they overcame, Nick. 
despite the fact they have probably the best weapons, the best one-two punch in the NFL, won't matter because they had Tua. They had to overcome. And if Tua's great this year, and he has been, and then next year is great, it'll be higher for McDaniel to win the award because then you'll think of Tua as being good. You didn't think of Tua as being good. You thought of him as being bad. That's the thing where Mahomes, the, the one thing he has to have because he's great is the story or an over, a disproportionate statistical advantage. And right now he has both. Rodgers has been winning it because of disproportionate statistical advantage. Not well, that he had a great storyline. He was just, he had well, better numbers. And they won, went 13-3 and three every year. Yeah. but they won four, whatever. Yeah. And they won the NFC, right? That's what you have to do. Mahomes is legitimately doing all three of those things. That game last night, that come from behind. It's, I just want to remind people that you should still feel very fortunate that occasionally, even though um, you get denied in some way from those game-winning moments sometimes, like what happened against Buffalo. Because you have Patrick Mahomes, Nick, you were pointing this out. Social media is way worse about this than your friend group when you're drinking at the bar. But if it's two minutes to go and Patrick Mahomes has the ball, assume a win is coming 75% of the time. So just assume a win is coming, right? You always think the Chiefs are going to win, don't you, if they're down a single score and Patrick Mahomes has the ball with less with two minutes to go, multiple timeouts? Yeah, when, when, when the Chargers scored... I think my immediate reaction, like so many people, was the cliche, you left too much time on the clock. But, he, but like, just beyond, like, trying to get a joke off, it's – there's something about – it's not that I think that Mahomes and the Chiefs are better than they normally are in those situations. It's that everybody else in the league gets worse in those situations. Yeah. Everybody else in the NFL plays tight or they rush or they're not running the same things where I feel like the Chiefs are just so even-keeled. They're the same team in those situations – than they are in every other situation. And I think defensively, it's the same thing. Defensively, the other teams are not going to be as good in crunch time as they are. It's just human nature. The game's on the line. The pressure ramps up. It's tough to be the same team that you were. For the, and I know in theory, it's like, well, why not? You played good defense for four quarters. Why can't you continue to play good defense for another drive? But that's not how it works. Like, human nature sets in. They're not robots. Pressure gets to people, and it just seems like pressure doesn't get to the Chiefs, namely not to Patrick Mahomes the way it does everybody else in the league. It's not seemingly. It's straight-up fact. Every time we point out that stat of how what his winning percentage is when they're down 10, and how it's like, I don't know. 70% better than every other quarterback combined. I think that pretty t- pretty much tells me everything. The Patrick Mahomes winning percentage when he trails by 10 is better than most quarterback than than Justin Herbert's career winning percentage. That's all I need to know. They are unflappable. Last night was an unflappable moment. They immediately gave up a huge like think about how many how many big like heavyweight punches Count them up, Nick. How many heavyweight punches did the Chargers throw at the Chiefs last night and lose? The first one came when they got the Joshua Palmer 50-yard touchdown, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a punch, right? They tried to get you. Then the sec, then before half when Pacheco went out and they got the ball down on the goal line, there's enough, you know, like they get back. Then the third was, I, at least a third one I can think of, is the Chiefs had gotten the turnover. Then they get it back from McKinnon. Then... Another long catch from Keenan Allen. So there's four big punches they landed. The touchdown eventually to go ahead. There's five. There's probably one I'm missing. They took five good shots at you. 
to try to knock you out. Yeah, you know what? You, and you, it didn't matter. So you brought this up earlier. You said if the Chiefs get the ball with a minute and a half left and they're down by a score, there's about a 75% chance they'll win, which is funny because someone on the text line asked uh, from the 816, what was the Chargers' win probability when the Chiefs started the last drive? The answer is 74%. So it's the exact <laughs> opposite of what you said, yet you were right. The win probability chart does not really apply to the Chiefs. They need to, they, you know what they need to start doing is they need to come up with a win probability chart that's only applicable to Patrick Mahomes games. It, it shouldn't be what would happen in an average game with an average team. It should be, no, what's the chances that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will come back because they live on their own level. Think about that, though. The Chiefs, like, I don't know if it's actually 75%. I don't think you actually crunched the numbers, but 9-6. and six. Patrick Mahomes is in his career when entering the third quarter trailing. A winning record when entering the third quarter. Not just in the final drive, just entering the the quarter. Like that, Nick, that's nuts. Nobody does that. That's a 60% win rate just when he goes into the quarter. Not like they were winning and another team gave them a counter blow and then they still had to go down and win the game winning touchdown, which I was giving you a 75% probability rate. Like that. And honestly... It's like, here's the, you know, like we can talk about the Chiefs bills maybe later in the week. we got two more days before we're, we're on break, but the Chiefs offense and defense are both championship caliber. The defense has its problems. I'm not going to try to pretend like it's a perfect unit, but Chris Jones is a star. Nick Bolton is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Their corners are good enough. The rest of their role players are good enough. Even their pass rush, which we might have problems with at times. It's good enough. It's not a laughing stock. Well, it's just not. You know what? Here's what happens. Every single game, we, we had this exact conversation last week, and I'm just going to repeat the same thing I said last week. Every single game follows the same script. Uh, opposing team comes out, moves the ball down the field, scores pretty consistently over the first two quarters. Everybody's cussing out Spags. Everybody's saying Spags needs to go. I'm they done with this guy. And then what happens? Second half starts. And the other team doesn't move the ball. Because after having 20 points at halftime, here's how the second half went for the Chargers offense. Five plays, nine-yard punt. Three plays, nine-yard punt. Eight plays, 43 yards, fumble. They scored a touchdown on that play after Keenan Allen burnt Trent McDuffie and then threw an interception on their last drive. So in conclusion, punt, punt, fumble, touchdown, interception. This is how it goes with Steve Spagnolo. Yes, he plays a little bit aggressive. They play on their heels a little bit in the first half while they're trying to figure out what the other team's doing, and they always adjust, and they are almost always better in the second half. And this defense, specifically this defense this year, has done a better job at closing out games in critical situations than any Chiefs defense I can remember. Because of Chris Jones, man. This might surprise you to find out. Do you know where the Chiefs currently rank in sacks in the NFL? I'm going to guess it's better than I'm expecting. Yeah, it is. Seventh. Fourth. <laughs> how I many want you to have, think about how, how many, many they have last night. Uh, five. Oh, boy. Dana had two, right? And Chris Jones had two. Uh, let's see. Didn't have that number pulled up, huh? I did not. Um, I apologize. I could probably just figure it out for you, you know. They had five. 
five sacks for the second time in four Oh, because Willie Gay had that one where he just yeah, wasn't even through. touched. Yeah. And then they gave up. I God, I was really worried we were going to have to come in and talk about house bags. Nine tackles for Left loss. Left a rookie corner in single coverage on third and 18. Nine tackles for loss last night, too. I know that we have complaints about the defensive line because at times it seems like it goes missing. I just want you to know that it can and definitively has, under a lot of circumstances, been worse for a lot of teams. They are fourth in the NFL in sacks. They're fifth in sacks per game if you want to just take the bye weeks out of the conversation. They had nine tackles for loss last night. They have really good players at all three levels. Defensive line, corner, and safety. Juan Thornhill's quietly had a very good season. I'm a little worried about whatever that injury entails. But it's that's it. I, I'm as surprised as you are that after a five-sack performance, they are fourth in the NFL in sacks. And it is feast or famine. But as you said, I don't know if we're ready to have that conversation yet. When Dan is back, they're a much better unit. And now he's healthy again. Yeah, we're not ready. And Chris Jones is dominant. And there's not enough time in this show to get into that. But it's still... Like, to me, that's what I was saying. Like, the defense is good enough, Nick. It's championship caliber good enough. The offense is obviously that. The only thing I keep sitting around is, hey, do you think you guys could just not just be awful on special teams? They're awful, right? They're one of the bottom five units on special teams right now. Uh, I don't know. I think think, uh, old Tom might have something to say about that. You think so? Tom Townsend? You think Tommy's holding the down the fort here? Oh, I mean, he's definitely holding down the fort. I don't know. I mean, he's doing <laughs> he's doing everything that's asked of him, and then some. I don't know if it's quite overcoming everybody else, but Bucker back got back on the right track last night. Just got to get him out to fifty, man. It's funny because when I watch the Chiefs on defense or on special teams, I'm like, there's no way anyone's worse than their fifteenth according to DVOA. That's an average special teams unit. You're telling me it's because of Tommy. Tommy's just holding, and and Butker had been missing kicks. So up until this point, he wasn't even helping the the average rate. Why are they so bad on special teams, Nick? Just a bunch of – Spag doesn't have enough talent. Is it just really that? It boils down to that? I think it's a lot of guys who are inexperienced in their roles, mainly returners, who aren't hitting the ground running. Like some guys, maybe you expect to be naturals and pick it up, but like – Pacheco, Pacheco yesterday, we're picking on him a little bit, but he had been steady for the most part. But the punt returns, Tony was bad last week. Sky Moore's been bad all year long. So it's guys who haven't done this in a while or haven't done it ever, and to expect them to all of a sudden be great is probably asking a bit much. I guess we've just been asking. And it's the same thing. It's like I should feel the same way about them as I do the the final word, Which is they are so young that I should actually assume that – there's progress that can be made. Thanks for joining us here on a Monday. Nick and I will be back tomorrow. Still no gold, but I'm told, is this breaking news? Will Jed be producing tomorrow, Nick? You'll be on this side of the glass? That is correct. Oh, man, back to a three-man show. That means Jed Talks coming our way. Oh, wow, 10.50 tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. So you're going to, to do your your list of things you can lick, you're going to have to just do that in the normal run of the show, not during these notable I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fit it in. Don't okay. worry. You want to say that after having said things you can lick? Is that how you want to finish the show? Let's get out of here. <laughs> That's it for, for Nick. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Drive's coming up next. This.
is Cody and Gold. Brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweet. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.